So I am so, so excited to be here. Um, Joe is like one of the most lovely people in the world. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him a few weeks ago. And I was kind of thinking that he might be like one of those celebrities where you know they're really lovely, but then they turn out to be a bit of a dick. But he ended up being even nicer in person, which was unbelievable to me. Um, but the marketing meetup means a lot to me, means a lot to my team. I'm that person that Joe mentioned a while ago that drags their team to the meetup every week because I think it's such an important place to be. And actually that chat function is like my favorite corner of the internet. Like I learn just as much from everyone in the community, the like reels of chat that comes through every single time. Um, yeah, it's just my favorite place to be. And funnily enough, I've actually seen imposter syndrome mentioned a few times over lots of different talks. So I'm really hoping that this is something that you as a community want to hear about from me and that I can do it some justice today. So I'm going to get stuck straight into it. Um, imposter syndrome. So this is the definition that you find online, uh, a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Sounds pretty shit. Um, and as great as this sounds uh, as a definition, there's so many words that you could add on to this, you know, feelings of self-worth, being undeserving, um, not wanting to be caught out. And it's totally different for everyone. Um, we all have different triggers. We all have different ways that it can manifest, that it makes us feel, that it makes us actually then behave. And I'm convinced everyone has this feeling at some point in their life. Unless you're born with like killer confidence, then I'm super jealous of you or you're some sort of like emotionless like uh, sociopath, I'm not so jealous, then I think everyone has had this feeling before. Like I remember having this when I moved to school for the first time. I remember getting it when I went to dance auditions when I was at university, my first job, um, public speaking for the first time and going on a first date. Like this feeling is so prevalent in life. Um, I'm just convinced that everyone goes through it. So I would love to ask my favorite corner of the internet, um, what does imposter syndrome to mean, mean to you? In your own words, how does it feel? How does it manifest? What does it mean to you? Hopefully the chat's popping, I can't see, so Joe's gonna keep an eye. But uh, as you do that, I can talk about mine. So for me, imposter syndrome is this really shitty little voice in the back of my head whose favorite word is no. No, Sahana, you can't do this. Don't even bother trying, you're going to fail. And we don't get on. Um, it's like one of those people that never gets invited but somehow shows up anyway. And it really made me feel like a fraud. Um, it felt like every opportunity that was given to me was a big mistake and I wasn't deserving of it. And someone was getting something wrong somewhere along the line. Um, I know my imposter syndrome stems from a need to fit in and a need to prove myself. Um, I'm a woman, I'm a person of color, and I found it really rare to feel like I legitimately had a seat at any table that I was at. And it meant that I really started to undervalue myself. And it was really sad because it messed up my confidence and it inevitably made me a no person. Um, I turned down opportunities that there was no tomorrow because I just didn't have belief in myself that I could do it. So that's my definition. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you have any call-outs from the chat. There's, there's so, so many. Uh, <laughs> I like the one from Erica. Everyone's clever and more skilled than I am. Mm -hmm. uh, thinking that other people thinking, uh, why do you think you can do this? You know, and sort of having those questions. A lot of I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. Um, a lot of people saying like, who do you think you are? Fear of failure. Uh, <laughs> there's there's one here faking it till I make it uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't deserve this and I don't deserve to be here or do this um, wow. yeah so a lot of and, and you know resulting in stuff like uh, anxiety and self-doubt and lack of confidence that's really powerful right that feeling can cause these uh, these words and these feelings that we have so this is what happened to me this was me two years ago I was presented with three amazing, probably life-changing opportunities. And I said no to every single one of them. Um, someone said I should go for the director role at Content Square. I was like, no way, I'm way too young. I don't have the experience. You shouldn't be thinking about me. 
Um, someone nominated me for the Marketing Academy, which is this amazing program that takes on just 30 marketers every year. Joe's actually part of the alumni. And I was nominated and I needed to apply to give myself a shot and I just didn't even apply, I just said no. Um, and a few people mentioned that I'd be good at public speaking and I was like, you're absolutely crazy. That thought terrifies me to my soul, I'm not gonna do it. So obviously I'm here. Um, this wasn't supposed to be some sort of big reveal, but the point is I've now said yes to all of those things. I'm now doing all of those things. So I'm now here to hopefully explain how what changed for me over the last two years, how I went from that underconfident, no person to a yes person. Um, so some caveats before I start, it's completely personal experience. Like this is just stuff that's worked for me. I've not done much research or anything. I've just got up off my ass and tried a few things. Um, I've chucked a lot of content in here. So there will be lots of tips and advice. And I'm just hoping that some of it will stick for some of you. And yeah, I swear quite a lot. So if I drop an F-bomb, I'm sorry. Um, it's the only reason I didn't invite my parents today is because I love swearing more than I love my parents. So um, I want to start by asking the question to my favorite corner of the internet. When we're talking about feelings of imposter syndrome, everything that you've all just described, have you ever been given this advice? Someone said to you, you've got to fake it until you make it. You've got to convince people that you know what you're doing. What are people saying, Joe? Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. I, th I think that there's a lot of variations of yes. That was what I was hoping for, because for me, I'm giving it the big middle finger. For me, I think it's the most naff advice you can give to someone that has feelings of imposter syndrome. The whole feeling around imposter syndrome is feeling like fake or fraud. Then why the hell are we telling people, yeah, keep faking it. That's, that's the advice. You're going to have to keep feeling this way. I think it's such short-term advice. Whereas Katie and my team always says, it's like sticking a plaster, a plaster on a gaping wound. Like it's just not going to work. So today I've decided to come up with three alternatives to that quote. We're going to scrap it. And we're going to come up with three new ones. They're totally catchy, totally cheesy. Um, and I think they just work a lot better. They're not short-term, short they're long-term changes that you can make. And there's going to be 50-50 advice in here. So 50% will be for you, what you can do to overcome imposter syndrome and, and get out of those horrible thoughts. And two, as a manager, or as just someone that cares for other people that might be feeling this way, how you can help other people that have imposter syndrome. So I'm going to kick off. My first cheesy, catchy alternative is not fake it until you make it, but repeat it until you believe it. So this is all about finding out what makes you great and just getting really comfortable with it. Everyone has special, unique, wonderful qualities that you can't replicate in someone else. And I'm so big on embracing these and trying to be as authentic as you can. I feel like if you're being your true self to work and you're comfortable in your own skin, then you can't actually feel like you're faking it or that you're a fraud because you're just being yourself. So number one piece of advice is stop trying to be like someone else. A lot of imposter syndrome can come from comparing yourselves to others, having a feeling of you know needing to fit in or belong. And I've personally done this before where I've actually imitated people that I've looked up to and then I've completely lost my sense of, well, who am I as a manager? Or what's my style? Um, I remember when I first started at Quentin Square, I was walking into a room of all men, pretty much. They were all in sales because we were right at the start of our journey. Loads of big personalities, super intimidating. You throw in little old five foot two Sahana and it was really tough. I like... I woke up every Monday morning going into that sales meeting thinking, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And I actually had a coach at the time and her advice was, you know, go into that meeting and, and be more like them. So stand up when you speak so you can assert a bit more confidence, lower your voice so you sound more like a man in the room, cross your arms so you look more dominant. And I tried it out. I went to that Monday meeting and I walked in and I tried all of those things and it was fucking weird, really uncomfortable soul destroying I just felt so unlike myself and at that point I decided this isn't going to work for me I'm going to have to really start getting comfortable being me so it ended up actually being 
exactly what the team needed. They needed someone who was a bit feminine, who might be a bit quiet and reserved and then spoke later, um, had loads of empathy. And yeah, it just ended up being a massive positive. So I'm really big on trying to get comfortable with yourself um, and I can show you how. So this was a question that I was asked a few years ago now, a great question. Um, my manager asked me, what's, Sahana, what's your edge? And I was like, well, hell, what's an edge? And he said, what makes you stand out from anyone else that could functionally do your job the same as you? What makes you personally bloody great to work with? And I'd never asked myself that question before. And I wouldn't be surprised if most of you in the audience have never asked yourself that question before. So it's a really simple exercise. Uh, so we call it the five minute edge exercise. Um, it's super simple. You basically pick three words that are unique to describing what it's like to work with you. What makes you so bloody great to work with? And when I first did this, I found it really hard. I was like staring at a blank screen for a really long time. And I found it a bit uncomfortable to try and think about words that describe me that were so great. Um, and it was mental because it meant that I actually had no idea what made me great. I had no idea what made me unique. So what I did is I ended up then just reaching out to other people and saying, right, if you describe me in three words, I went to my manager, I went to some colleagues, what would you say? And I started to see some similarities. So back in 2017, when I did this for the first time, these were the three words that I came up with. So I was reliable. Everyone said that I was dependable. They knew I would get stuff done. Um, process driven, you know, we were a startup at the time, lots of things were going all over the place and I really brought structure and process to that. And a lot of people said that I was really easy to work with, that I loved having fun, I liked to speak to people, I'm really personable and, and that was one of my edges. So I've done that again last year and these are the words I was describing. I've cheated because I've used four, but I needed four. So one was just like knowing my shit, like being that expert in my field, everyone came to me. Um, being proactive, so going out of my way to find opportunities. I wanted to be caring. I'd started managing at that point, um, and I brought the fun. Like, for me, having fun at work is so important, and that was something that I tried to do. And when you look at the difference between 2017 Sahana and 2020 Sahana, like, it's mental, the evolution of my edge. It's crazy. So what I've now started doing is predicting or trying to plan my future edge. So I've done my 2021 edge is what I'm trying to strive to be um, this year. Trailblazer, leader, giving. Like these are quite wanky words, really. Like they're quite pretentious and they're massive. But I was like, fuck it. That's how far I've come in three years. You know, sky's the limit this year. So give this a go. It is so easy. Ask for help. Go to your friends, your colleagues, your dog sitter, and you'll be so surprised at the lovely similarities that you'll find in the words that people used to describe you. And then revisit this. Put it in the front of your notebook, stick it in your notes in your phone and remind yourself of these qualities that make you so great. My advice for managers on this one is number one, we just need to talk about it. Um, I read online that around 70% of people admit to having feelings of imposter syndrome. I'm convinced it's absolutely everyone. And that means you're guaranteed to have someone in your team, someone in your life that has these feelings. And there's loads of signs that you can spot um, downplaying accomplishments, avoidance of feedback, um, not wanting to ask for help, turning down opportunities, so being a no person, um, overworking to prove that you're enough is a really dangerous one, failing to start or finish projects. There's loads, you can Google them, but there's loads of signs. And if you see these signs, it's time to open up. I'm really big on being vulnerable as a leader. And I'm not saying do what I'm doing and get up and speak to hundreds of people about my imposter syndrome in a really public way, but just bring it up in your next meeting. Uh, use this as an excuse, send them the video, I'll share the slides and say, went to this really good talk, does this resonate and open up that conversation. I have really good relationships now with the people in my team that have these feelings because we're open, they feel heard for the first time, they feel supported, and I can relate, so we all feel really understood. I just can't stress this enough to start talking about these feelings because they're so normal. Um, and then secondly, once you have opened up that conversation is be a part of helping people find their value. Like you can help them too. 
One, just do the edge exercise for your team. Really, really easy. Do it, compare notes, talk about it. Um, something I really like is, and there are good and bad ones, but the good personality tests that help you find your strengths. The one that I recommend is you can Google, it's called Insights Discovery. And it's a very thorough test and just gives you like a play-by-play -play book of your strengths, how you work in a team. Mine was 98% accurate and it was like a 20 page document. It was like someone had been following me around my whole life and written this about me. But those tools are really great to help understand what your values are if you find it hard to find them out yourself. And then the third one for me is personal development. So a switch that I've made is asking my team to set their own personal development plans. I think it's really easy as a manager to say, this is where I think you need to improve. You should go on this course. This is what I see you doing next year. But you end up just robbing their sense of their future and owning their sense of self. I had this with a previous manager where he came to me one year with like a fully fledged personal development plan with my name on it. But it was in his words and it was things that he wanted me to do. And yeah, it just didn't sit right with me. So I actually said, look, can we scrap this? Can I actually do this in my own words and put together what I want to do for the next year? And surprise, surprise, it worked wonders. So try this with your team. Obviously, don't just completely remove yourself from their development. You can have discussions, you can give suggestions and give a helping hand and then really support them through it, but empower them to do it. It's their own words, their commitments, and it really, trust me, it works. All right, on to my second cheesy phrase. So not fake it till you make it, but learn that you earned it. So we tend to have like the opposite of rose-tinted glasses when we look back at how we've got to where we are now. Um, we downplay a lot of our achievements. We put things down to luck or just knowing the right person. We actually just find it really hard to say, I'm fucking great. Like we cannot say those words. So this is all about reminding yourself that you deserve to be where you are, that you earned to be where you are. So my first one, I'm really big on this, is just sprinkling a bit more positivity into your day. Looking at this slide, how many of us are quick to note down a mistake, a thing that we need to fix? How often do we ruminate on those negative things that happen in the week? I'm the worst for it. I used to be that person that would just cringe for days after I made like a silly mistake in a meeting where I sent the wrong email. And I gave it so much time in my head. I would moan to people about it. I'd talk to my friends about it. But how often do we do that for the positive stuff? How often do you write in your notebook, just came out of our meeting feeling really great. You smashed it, Sahana. Um, and I, I'm a big advocate of writing stuff down. You're way more likely to remember it. Your brain's more likely to process it. Um, I think we should try doing it right now. So why not share with me in the chat something positive or something that you're proud of, work or non-work related, that's happened to you in the last seven days. Write it down, see how it feels. I'd love to see what everyone starts saying. But we need to give our brains more space for this stuff. Like when something good happens, tell someone about it, write it down. Take yourself out for a five-minute walk to really reflect on it. Um, my boyfriend and I do this really lovely thing, and he's really good at this, where at the end of every week, whenever we're, I don't know, we're out for a drink or we're getting a takeaway at home, we always toast. And we always toast to all the positive things that happen that week. So I know this Friday we will be toasting to Sahana, smashing the marketing meetup, you know, ticking something off her bucket list, and we will spend time talking and just reflecting on the positive stuff. You know, I've started now trying to keep a journal of three positive things or three things that I'm grateful for every day just before I go to bed. And it is such a mood changer. Like even if you just try doing one of these things, um, you're giving your brain more time for this good stuff. Going on in the chat, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it's going mental. I, I would add yeah. uh, just on, on the, um, the gratitude thing because um, you did it as an exercise looking back. Um, these these colored uh, things over here in, in sort of the background is actually my exercise looking forward uh, so I write down three things I'm going to be grateful for that day uh, and and then um, when when that sort of like is ticked off throughout the, do the day there's sort of like a, a little extra dopamine boost so as, as it was on the topic I, I just wanted to add that but um, let me get the ones uh, from the community as well uh, so Sophie says that uh, 
they finally finished the website for all the new business with all the new branding never never created a website before and so proud and that's awesome i bet there's so many people who can uh, relate with that experience uh kelsey says uh she won a new contract uh what else uh nice charlotte says a guy at a networking event told me he really wanted to speak to me about a project because he said what i spoke about I did so with so much passion about what I do. How awesome is that? <laughs> awesome. I love that. And I, I really, really love the idea of what you and your boyfriend do as well. Um, there's a bunch here. I'm just trying to keep up. Uh, Thomas mm-hmm. says, teaching up, teaching myself some new skills. Uh, Rufus, going above and beyond for a client. Uh, Mary says, finally sent a press release. I've been sitting on for months thinking it wasn't. Mm-hmm good enough and then got some good press from it mary that's awesome that's so wicked uh and catherine says i was on a comment to see if i could make it as a marketing lead and passed it with flying colors and offered the post permanently congratulations that's, that's wicked there's so this much. is great and yeah. like how good does it feel sharing that stuff right like making time to publicly say this good thing happened to me so keep trying it. Like I've just given you like 10 things to do, try one of them and I promise you, you'll see a difference. Um, The next one for me is just appreciating all the factors that got you to where you are now. I think when a lot of us look at where you are right now or this project that you landed or client or job or whatever it was, that it looks a lot like this, that it's a bit of dumb luck. You happen to know the right person. You didn't actually deserve it. Um, I had like the biggest fear when I was going for, well, I was being put forward for the marketing director role. I was like, oh shit, someone here is making a massive mistake. Uh, they think that I'm better than I am. There's like this massive misplaced trust in me and I'm just gonna let everyone down. And yeah, it was a horrible feeling. It almost made me not want to go for the role. And funnily enough, as that was all happening, I was also having to gear up for you know, conversations about my salary. And if I did get the role, what would that look like? So I ended up, you know, the usual, like writing down all my achievements, the numbers, everything I'd done at my time at Content Square. And actually it made me realize there were loads of hurdles and people that I had to get past to get this role. And surely at some point, if I wasn't right for the role, someone would have been like, oh, actually, I'm not really sure on Sahana, maybe we should interview her or maybe get some other candidates involved. No one did that. And writing it all down and mapping it out made me realize it's not a coincidence that all of these people decided and all of these results that I've achieved, it's not a fluke. It's happened consistently over the last few years. So think about the external factors that caused you to be where you are now. How many other people did you interview against? Who decided that you were going to lead this project? Um, what results have you achieved over the last year? Do you document that anywhere, really? So I'll say, lay that all out regularly. I'll say it again, write that shit down, and you'll be surprised at how many people, decisions were made consistently in your favour. Um, that can't always just be dumb luck or coincidence, so give it a go. Now, a big one for me is sharing your knowledge. So everyone overly underestimates how much they know, how good they are at their job, their level of expertise. There's a really easy way of myth busting that underestimation. And that's just to share what you know with other people. Um, You know, when I became a manager, I realized just how much knowledge I was sitting on and sharing with my team. Um, Mentoring people, presenting is a really good way of reminding yourself just how much you know, and that you can share that knowledge with other people. Like presenting for me is such a big confidence booster and just reminds me, I actually know stuff and people find this stuff really useful. So find opportunities to share your knowledge. I think it's a really good positive reinforcer of what you know, how good you are. Um, and it's just a lovely thing to do as well, right? Sharing what you know with other people. My advice to managers on this one is in the same way that we want to strike this balance of focusing on the positive things just as much as we do on the negative things in life, we need to do that with our feedback. We need to nail positive feedback. And we have a big responsibility to make sure that we're filling our team's um, brains with positive feedback and positive things, just as we do with you know, the constructive stuff. 
when I do my quarterly reviews with my team, I spend days on it and I, I write absolute essays. You can ask them in the chat. I write like two pages of all the things that makes them great. I will collect notes over the last three months and go for it. And it feels so good. And then when you get to the bit where you're talking about, this is something we could work on, or this is how you could take it to the next level, it sits really well because you're like, yeah, I'm really good. I could actually do those things and make those changes. So I've got three bits of advice giving really good feedback. My number one is make sure that person is prepared for feedback. Um, the number of times I've been given kind of unsolicited feedback and I've just not taken it very well. I remember my manager did one of those reviews with me and was like, yeah, great quarter, Sahana, smash your numbers. Boom, here's like 10 things that we're gonna work on over the next three months. I was like, I couldn't even listen. Cause I was like, why would I want to hear this? You're just making me feel a bit shit. So um, we switched it around and I said to him, look, I need a bit more positive feedback to understand what I'm getting right before I can start working on what I'm getting wrong. So make sure you're preparing people, ask them if it's a good time for feedback. If someone's just done something like launch a website, give them all the positive feedback, but then say, um, I did spot a few things that maybe we can work on next time. When is a good time to let you know those things and let them be in a place where they're ready to have that feedback. Um, this, the exception to this rule is if it's positive feedback, give it all the bloody time as and when it happens in the moment, do not hold back or sit on positive feedback. Like it's the best feeling getting feedback straight after the fact. And I think a lot of us might wait and say, oh, I'll save this for a review. I'll save this for the end of the week. Just give it there and then. It's such a nice thing to do. And then something I picked up like a couple of weeks ago, actually, is this three-step feedback method. We're quite quick to give feedback on just like a specific task and say, oh, you know, well done for doing that presentation. It was really good. Um, whereas this feedback method says that we should do it in three steps. So tell them what their value is, give the example, and then tell them how it made you feel. So for example, I'm gonna use James and my team because we talked about this yesterday. James and my team had like really good feedback from his team on how he was as a manager. So instead of just saying, James, your team are so happy, they've given you really good feedback. I said to James, James, you've got some amazing leadership qualities. Um, you clearly demonstrate what it, me it means to know to be a leader and not just a manager. Your team sing your praises. They love working with you. They've only got positive things to say. And it makes me feel so proud to have someone in my team that I can count on and that no I know their team will be happy, successful, driven all the time. How different does that sound? So I think when you're giving your next piece of positive feedback, try this three-step method and it will change. It will just transform the way that you give feedback. And my last piece of feedback for managers on this one is just PR the shit out of your team. Reputation is the new confidence. And I think we can be massive drivers of building our team's rep. And people who have imposter syndrome find it really hard to shout about themselves, to accept how great they are, let alone do it publicly um, and brand themselves. So one, just do it yourself. Like make it a habit when someone does something great, actually share it with the wider team, with the company, on LinkedIn, like shout about them. It makes them feel really great. And then encourage your team to do it themselves. So next time I might say, um, I, I'm not going to post about this, but I think you should. Why don't you go into the UK office Slack channel and post some pictures about what you've just done and what you've achieved and get them start getting into the habit of shouting about themselves too. Okay, on to my last one. So not fake it until you make it, but practice it until you perfect it. So sometimes imposter syndrome is completely valid. Maybe you're taking on a new role that you haven't done before, a new project or you know, walking into a situation where you might not actually have all the skills or answers up front, that's completely fine. Um, the thing is, feelings of imposter syndrome can actually stop you from saying yes to these things in the first place. These things are a little bit scary, a little bit out of your comfort zone, and this is big. Um, if you're not out of your comfort zone, you're not growing, and if you're not saying yes to getting out of your comfort zone, you're fucked. You're not saying yes to going for that promotion, you're not trying that new thing, so I've got a few ideas on how we can be, train ourselves to, to say yes to scary things a bit more often. So number one is practice, practice, practice. Um, 
whether you're preparing for an interview, a presentation, even getting ready to ramp up for a new role, practice. Like this doesn't mean staring at your slides for two hours in a room on your own or reading over a job description a hundred times. It means dragging someone into a room with you and practicing it out loud. It means taking yourself out for a walk with that job description and practicing out loud. Um, I'm really big on speaking things out loud in words when you're about to speak things out, out loud in words. Um, it means maybe asking your manager if you can have a go at a project or task that's not yet on your job description. Um, a great example is this presentation. Like, I'm not ashamed to say I've practiced this to death. Um, I've done it out loud with myself. I've done it to my team. I did a run through with Joe last week. I actually did it to one of my colleagues and her teams on Friday. So, and it hopefully has made this presentation that much better for it. I didn't come in nervous to this today for that very reason, because I've done it five times. I was almost bored of it. So practice. And if it's a skills gap thing, do something about it and just reach out for help. Um, ping that person that you've been stalking on LinkedIn that's really shit hot at social media or someone in your team that's built a website before, maybe you can go to them and say, could you show me a few things before I start on this massive project? Like who wouldn't be flattered if someone reached out to you and said, I think you're really good and I'd love to learn from you. There's this big perception of looking like, I don't know, weak or not good enough when you reach out for help. But I actually think the opposite. If someone reached out to me, I'd think, wow, you want to grow. And because of that, I want to help you. So think about, you know, Cold outreach on LinkedIn, the number of times I've reached out to people that I don't know and had amazing coffees and chats and learned from people, it's growth and it's a hunger to learn. People love to see it. Um, but I guess the question is, how can you practice if you can't even say yes to some of these scary things in the first place? And this was me. I was like the queen of saying no. I'm too busy right now. I think this person might be better for it, not me. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, I'd love to, but maybe I'll just do it the next time. And actually what I realized is my brain was just saying, actually, Sahana, you can't do this. Like, just say no, don't even give it a thought, like you can't do it. So acknowledging that your brain does this is a good first step. Um, but I've actually come up with a method that started to work for me to make it easier to say yes to scary things. So you just ask yourself, three very simple questions. One, am I doing this alone? I can't think of any time in my life where I've actually gone into something completely alone with no one to ask for help or support. Um, what's the worst that could happen really? Like the number of times I have to tell myself, Sahani, you're not saving lives, you're selling software. <laughs> like the worst that can happen is really not that bad. And then the best question to ask is what is the best that could happen? Like if you visualize coming out of that scary thing and you're on top and you've just done this amazing thing and you've had this amazing impact, it's really, really encouraging. A good example for this was, I was actually a bit nervous for, not the presentation part of this, but the Q&A. So I was like, that's something I can't practice for, right? That's something that I can't really prepare for. And I'm a bit nervous about it and it's scary and it's a new thing. So I asked myself these three questions. Am I doing this alone? No. Joe's on screen with me. So I brought it up with him and he was like, actually, why don't we make it a chat? Make it a lot easier, it won't be so intense and actually it'll probably be a bit more engaging. Tick. What's the worst that could happen really? I might not be able to answer one of your questions. I might not be able to answer 10 of your questions. What can I do? I'll just say, do you know what? I don't have the answer to that one. I've never come across that before. Anyone in the chat know? Joe, have you got any ideas? Maybe this is one we can revisit on LinkedIn. And then what's the best that could happen is just what always happens at the marketing meetup is that you have the best Q&A. People are chatting away. Hopefully I get to help some of you with some of the issues that you're going through. But that's pretty amazing. And for me, answering those questions made it really easy to say, yeah, I'm going to do that. And as crazy as it sounds, you'll start to love saying yes, because your brain, the reward system in your brain starts realizing, actually, yeah, this pays off when you start doing things and actually the outcome's pretty good. Um, and then you can graduate. I've now come up with method number two, which is say yes, worry about it later. Like when the opportunity comes and you're like, does it scare me a little bit? Would it be good for me? Probably just say yes. And then future Sahana needs to worry about it. But that's a bit of a brave one. I've only just started <laughs> testing that method out. Um, so for managers, um, 
I learned this at the marketing meetup actually, you know, managing, it's really easy to slip into parent mode where you just want the best for your team. You just want to help them. You don't want them to fall over. You know the right answer and you just want to give it to them, but your team are allowed to make mistakes. Uh, they're allowed to think of what they think is best to come up with their own ideas and try them and be able to fail. Like that is practicing. That's letting them practice. And if you mollycoddle them, then they don't get to practice and they won't say yes to new scary things. They don't know how to do it on their own. So a few thoughts from me is when someone comes to you with a problem and you have the solution, don't give it to them. So I always say, ask, don't tell. So if they're coming to you for opinion, I would just say, do you know what? Have you thought about what we could do? Or have you thought about any solutions? Have you got any ideas? And you'll have some people on your team that are just won't, won't play that game. And we'll just say, no, I've got nothing. Sahana, just tell me the answer. So I'll always just say, look, Let's both give it a go. I'm going to make some notes. You make some notes. Come back tomorrow and let's compare. And both of you committing to having a go makes it a lot easier. And it just forces them to be like, okay, we should give this a bit more thought. Two is just have your teams back for making mistakes. Like mistakes are fine. Talk about them, learn from them, um, and make sure that your team knows it's okay to fail. Like it's okay to fail as long as you learn from it. And creating that culture is really important. And then the last one for me is just like, 50% of my job is just being that like embarrassing mum on the side of like a sports game with a banner. I'm just a cheerleader. All I do is encourage, motivate, create the safe space for my team to try new things, to learn, to thrive. And I think we've got a massive responsibility as leaders and managers, as friends, as colleagues, to create that culture where we just encourage people. And then lastly is a fun idea for me. So something that I do with my team is something called surprise skill sessions. So we'll book in like a half an hour or an hour slot where they have no idea what's coming. I will prepare a task. I will shove them in the room, close the door. And it's usually a task that they would say no to. So um, it might be something that they haven't done yet because it's going to be in a future role. It might be something like public speaking, um, a management problem that maybe they're avoiding dealing with. And it's great because it's a safe space. There's no pressure. You can get it as wrong as you want. And it's actually really fun. So I did this with someone in my team. She was going from being more of like an executor to a more like management strategic role. So I shoved her in a room and I was like, here's the year's budget. Here are the targets. Go put a marketing plan together. And it was something she'd never done before. And she was like, what? I wouldn't even know where to start. And I was like, that's the point. Just give it a go. There's no wrong answer. This is just your chance to try it without anyone being like, oh, that was a bit shit. Or no, we're not going to use that. And it's been great fun for us. Like, we love doing these now. We've done it for public speaking. We've done it for soft and hard skills. And it's just such a lovely, safe space to try new things and get into that habit of saying yes to scary things without, without the pressure. I think, yeah, that's it for me. So three alternatives for me. Repeat it until you believe it. Get understanding what makes you so great. Remind yourself of it. Um, learn that you earned it. Look at all the external factors. Share your knowledge. Find ways to remind yourself that you earned the place that you have. And then practice, practice, practice. There's no point having blind faith and confidence in yourself if you haven't actually practiced what you're about to do. I'm a big, big advocate for doing both. Believing in yourself, but also working bloody hard to get where you need to get. Now, I know... I've come out of these marketing meetups before where I've been like, oh my God, I'm going to change my life. I've written 20 pages of notes. I'm going to be the best person ever. And then I go to the next meetup and I forgot what last week was even about. So I'm going to hold us a little bit accountable. Um, I've put together like a 30 day challenge for us to try where I think I still get imposter syndrome feelings. Like it's a constant thing that I've just learned how to manage and to overcome so it's all about setting good habits. You have to bring in good habits into your life every day, every week, once a month, just make it regular. So I've created this little cheat sheet where I want you just to pick maybe just three things, like be really realistic with yourself, pick three things and try it for 30 days. And I would love to hear how you get on. So I'll ask Joe. we can share this by email after the talk. But yeah, I would love for you all to give it a go Tell me if it works out and not commit to doing like a hundred different things. Just pick three things that you know are going to work for you. Oh my God, and I'm done. That's 
had way over my time. No, you didn't at all. You didn't at all. So how do you smashed it? Um, you you need to stop sharing your screen so you can see the chat messages coming. I want to, yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's been it's been alive. <laughs> it's been Love it. honestly like the community. Oh, that's lovely. And and honestly, such a lovely, wonderful, concise but also personal. Um, presentation honestly you absolutely smashed that amazing work and, and like i hope you can see these comments coming through because i am oh my god it feels amazing <laughs> i'm glad i'm so glad it was it was useful well it, it was more than useful i think you know these things well it was like what we were saying last week you know these things feel important um and we can speak about marketing tactics all day long and and sometimes we do um but if folks can walk away our community today walk away feeling a little bit better about themselves and a little bit more empowered than uh, I feel like you've done a good thing today. So, uh, so thank you. Um, we, we've got about 10 minutes left for, for Q and A. So, uh, and, and it's not Q and A, it's just a chat, uh, between, <laughs> between you and I. So like, um, folks, if, if you want to go into the Q and A feature and if you see any questions you'd like us to discuss first, uh, then, then please give it like a thumbs up equally. If you want to just, uh, add a few more yourselves, then, then please do, although there's already uh, 18 open questions and, and growing. Uh, so I don't think we're going to get through them all in the next 10 minutes. Uh, so, so yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, someone's asked if I'll email that sheet. Then yeah, I'll absolutely email the challenge through. Um, and I'll also pop it up on the blog um, because I'm not quite sure how our, uh, how our email provider works in terms of like whether I can directly input it into the uh, into the, the email. So anyway, uh, first question, uh, it comes from uh, Sarah, and I'll, I'll ask you your opinion. And, and like, again, you know, just as you prefix the, this, um, this talk by saying it's your personal experience, then then let's just hear from personal experiences rather than giving answers, so to speak. Yeah. So Sarah says, is there a happy medium between having an ego versus imposter syndrome? I just want to be a balanced person without feeling like I'm perceived as a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good one. No one wants to be perceived as a dick. Yeah, I think there is. Um, And that's why I think it's really important to show your eagerness to learn um, alongside saying, I'm great at what I already do. But I also know that there are these steps that I need to take to, to get to where I am. Like someone spoke to me this, about this on LinkedIn yesterday, where it's like, you can't just be like cocky and full of confidence and arrogant and expect to be able to smash something you've never done before. Like that won't get you through. You need the skills, you need the practice. So I think, yes, like work on your personal brand, work on that confidence and telling other people about it. But in that same vein, make people aware that you're willing to learn, that you know you've got stuff to do, stuff to try, stuff to practice. Um, you've got to strike that balance. Otherwise, yeah, you end up coming across as a dick. <laughs> I love that. But I, that's such a, you know, that's that's a really, really, really good answer. Like, I think that's that's wonderful. And I think also, um, hopefully, to build on on your thing as well, which is that I think I tend to think if if I have any success, I don't want to shout about it because if I have any level of success, whatever it is, you know, people are going to be like, oh, you know, he's shouting about that and and stuff like that. But a a recent sort of development in my life, and you see it in the chat feature here today, is that people are so pleased to see other people succeed. You know, sometimes, like, they're just not aware that this stuff is going on, but, like, Honestly, like you see in, in in the chat feature today, but then also out in life, you know, you can go one or two ways. You can you can either be jealous about a situation or you can say, you know what, that's bloody amazing that you've done that thing. How great is that? And like, so, yeah, I, I, I love that advice that sort of being a bit more, you know, walking into different situations and, and saying, uh, I can definitely learn here. But then also acknowledge that people actually want you to succeed as well. Um, is is great so so thank you for that so that, that's really really great uh cool next one from jordan uh jordan asks as a solo business owner what could we do to recognize our own achievements as a solo business owner mm. and i'm happy to jump in here what I say yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um certainly from personal experience then um, and it's very much the point that you made earlier, Sahana, about like you're not alone. Um, 
you know, you do this, you have that wonderful process at the end of the week with with your boyfriend where you like your toast. That's mm. amazing. That's really, really cool. So like, you don't need to have people in a business context to be able to recognize your own achievements. You can, uh, there's a great one here from Claire who says, keep a lovely fol uh, folder of lovely feedback. Uh, that's a really great one. But also ring your mum, you know, or, or your dad or, or your boyfriend or, or whatever. It, it's very, very rare that you're alone. If you don't have any of those, speak with the marketing meetup. Because like, honestly, <laughs> like, that's what we're here for as well. You know, that's the whole point about community, um, that people come together and able to share that. So I think that's... Um, you know that that's one route for it so i, I definitely recommend that um any additional thoughts there no i like a lot of people are talking about like your brag folders or your like place where you keep your positive feedback like you probably receive positive feedback all the time whether that's clients or, or family or friends we just don't write it down we don't remember it and then you come to something like this and you're like oh i don't actually have anything positive from the last week because we forgot to write it down so i agree with everyone here find somewhere where you can document that stuff. And then when you have that feeling, you can revisit it. I think it's super lovely. Absolutely, spot on. And, and Jordan, by the way, who uh, asked this question, then you, you're amazing. So uh, there you go, there's one more for you. And, and I truly mean that. Um, there was a great question that came through that I accidentally uh, clicked out. <laughs> so I want to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, get so it's from Sarah. Uh, Sarah asks, I've got my first official speaking gig coming up uh, to a load of other agency owners and I'm bricking it. Any hints and tips on how to get in the right headspace and own the moment? Nice, yeah. So, practice like I said, I've done this five times today. Like I woke up excited and not nervous for the first time, which was, was different because I know I, I, I couldn't have done anything more. It's like preparation. Practicing out loud, like oh, the number of times people sit in a room and just read through their slides, it's not the same. So practice it out loud, do it with people that really care about you and will give you direct feedback. Um, I went and asked absolutely everyone in my life for feedback um, on this presentation. I was like, no matter how small, no matter how big, let me know. Someone came to me with two pages of feedback, <laughs> which was really useful. So prepare, ask for feedback and just like breathe, take it slow. Um, it's really easy to just like whiz through a presentation. Like I went longer today because I told myself every new section, just start and just remind yourself to take a deep breath because it can get really easy to just go and everything comes out. And yeah, I would just say breathing is a big one. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely. That, that's, um, and, and likewise, if I was to just mirror that statement about breathing, um, I had an experience once where I came, so, you know, presenting the marketing meetup, uh, it was in London. My brother came and saw me and, and, and you know, sat at the back and I was giving the introduction and, uh, he said to me afterwards, you know, were you okay up there? You know, because, you know, you seemed a bit scatty and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, it's probably the type of thing that only he would recognize because, mm. you know, uh, he's known me a long, long time. And that was that breathing advice was exactly the one. Just before you get going with your presentation, just take a moment, a few deep breaths, and then go. And honestly, it makes such a big difference. Um, yeah, just ground yourself in that moment. Big, big, big thing. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's great. So, um, so this is a hard one. You know, this is this is a real thing. And and like um, this next question and. You know, I guess this is what this presentation has been about is, is real stuff. So, um, so uh, the question comes from anonymous, but uh, they say, what if you feel so shit about yourself that talking positively about yourself is weird and sounds like full on self promotion. Uh, people lose interest when you speak about yourself. Um, so hopefully I, I feel like your three points over the course of the presentation here, Sahana will probably address quite a lot of that but is yeah. there anything else that sort of strikes you yeah it's it's just that lack of confidence and like belief in yourself like I've been there when I tried to figure out what made me great I couldn't do it my brain just didn't think that way um and yeah you, you feel guilty trying to do it there's like all these horrible emotions and I would say just like reach out to people um ask them to give you positive feedback um I think we're really quick to be like anything wrong with what I just did or any mistakes that you saw or anything, but 
do we ever say, did you love it? What did you think? Like, what's your positive feedback? And just seeking out positive feedback, like asking people, like I'm trying to do this edge exercise. I'm asking a bunch of people, you know, to describe me in three lovely words. Um, and then when people, you hear it enough coming from other people, it starts to become really easy to do it to yourself. Um, and I think that's it. Like the reputation part is big. You can start to believe what people say and you'll believe it the more you hear it. Um, you should hopefully start to overcome those feelings. I know I've been there. It's like that rock bottom of just no self-belief. I think other people, like you said, people are lovely. They just want to help. They just want to see you succeed. So reach out for help. Reach out to get people to help you get to the point. Love it. Thank you. That's a fabulous answer. Okay, we'll, we'll go for this last one from Mary um, and then we need to wrap up. Uh, so uh, sadly, we need to wrap up. So Mary says, uh, how do you process slash overcome negative feedback from colleagues? Uh, the marketing department seems to get a lot of sticks sometimes. Absolutely. Oh my God, yeah, we are. Um, don't take it personally. So I really try to remove myself from unless it's personal feedback obviously but if it's about a thing that I did or a project or whatever it was I try to remove like my sense of self from that I'm like okay this project was delivered it wasn't great or it didn't work and look at it really objectively and not think I was shit which is why it didn't work but actually there was something in this process that didn't work which is why it didn't work so try and put that hat on um when it is personal feedback I've, I've had feedback about my style or about something that I do just take your time. Like it's really easy to have an instant reaction and to get defensive and be like, no, 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 you've got me all wrong. Just listen. When you're getting negative feedback, just listen, take it away, reflect. If you want to speak to other people that you trust about it, speak to them and then come back to deal with what your response is going to be to that. I think it's really easy to back yourself up and say, mm -mm, that's not me. But most of the time, people do spot things that you do, and you just have to be a bit humble and just take some time to process it. I love it. Thank you very much. I love it. <sighs> Good. Well, there we go. So, honey, you absolutely smashed that. And, and thank you um, to everyone today as well in the, in, in the chat feature in the community for, for likewise making today feel really special. Um, you know, I, I, I think we can all hopefully in the room relate to these experiences. And I think Sarah sums it up well there with a uh, capital letters, big love to you all. <laughs> <laughs> it's really happy here. Yeah, it's amazing. It, honestly, it's such a great experience. Uh, so uh, thank you, Sahatni. Absolutely smashed it. Thank you to the community. Uh, please do take the time to thank the sponsors. That's my one thing for today. Um, they've been They've been smashing it as well. Uh, throughout this time and, and you'll get the follow-up email so uh, please do take the time to thank those human beings behind the brands uh, I hope you loved it um, thank you all so much for being here um, have a cracking Tuesday and uh, yeah we'll see you soon uh, see you in September take care everyone and uh, see you soon <laughs>